Do you like your Big Macs, your Quarter Pounder with cheese, your Baconator, all your fast food, cheap stuff at Walmart, all that kind of thing? Well, get ready to pay a lot more, at least if the minimum wage goes up to $15 an hour. It could happen. We'll talk about it. It's December 9th, 2013. He's been shunned by commercial radio, unable to be bought and paid for by corporate America, and running on the fossil fuel of common sense. For those of us that choose to live dangerously in the radical middle, welcome to the zip code famous Michael Groff Show. Now the world is getting older. There's a few things to be said. Do you believe the things they told you? Do you believe the things you read? There's a rule on the corner, but it's always been denied. Cause they don't want you any wiser. You're just towing the body line from the west side to the east side, from the north side to the south. You'll never get back information if you believe in the word of mouth. So there were these protests going on across the country last week, these staged sort of walkouts at various fast food restaurants across the country because there is a belief among some, and believe it or not, even a few members of Congress believe that the minimum wage, which is currently at $7.25 an hour, needs to go up to $15 an hour. Yes, no, no, no increments here. We're not going to take it to eight bucks. No, we're going to go all the way to 15. Why not shoot the moon, right? Might as well. So they gathered all these union representatives together. Yes, the fast food workers in some parts of the country have a union. And uh, they, they gathered everybody together and they said, hey, let's let's have a protest. Get everybody out there. Let's let's raise awareness so these fast food workers can make 15 bucks an hour. And people at Walmart and dry cleaners and, and any what they call, quote, unskilled labor position. Let's just make it so uh, across the board, $15 an hour. Sounds great. Anyway, welcome in the zip code famous Michael Graff show. We're here once again. Uh, Groffshow at gmail.com is our email address. I should just point out real quick, um, if I didn't respond to your email uh, recently, some for some reason, I don't know, Gmail is not real good at detecting spam. And it takes spam and just puts it in my inbox. And then like legitimate email from that people send me uh, gets sent into the spam folder. This happens all the time. I'll sign up for a new account someplace for, for some kind of account for something. And it's actually something that I need. So I actually use the Gmail account. And um, it goes to the spam folder. And then somebody will say, hey, did you get my email? No, it went to the spam folder. So I'm still kind of trying to work all that out. Still email stuff. I, I don't know, man. There's always something. Nothing just works flawlessly. There's always got to be some kind of technical thing. I don't know. All right. Anyway, so there's that. So grofshow at gmail.com, the email address. 
Michael Graff Show, AOL Instant Messenger, Graff Show on Google Talk, and for everything else Michael Graff related, the one and only michaelgraff.com, the place to go. You can donate to this program. You can uh, listen to this show and the archives uh, from our podcasts over the last couple of years. And so much more all can be done at the one and only michaelgraff.com. So this fast food protest thing, it's getting a lot of legs. Well, the, the protest itself, not really, but the issue of raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour still is one of those things that just keeps getting brought up for some reason. People think that we should raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour. And you're probably sitting there going, hey, why not? Means more money in the economy means uh, a livable wage for people. That's the talking point. It's a livable wage. Yeah, I realize $7.25 an hour is crap. It is a garbage wage. Yeah, I get it. But, I mean, why stop at 15 bucks an hour? Why, why don't we just raise the minimum wage to $30 an hour? That way, everybody's guaranteed to make 60 grand a year. Makes sense? Let's just do that. Why stop? And why stop at 30? Why can't everybody just be a millionaire? Let's just raise it to $600 an hour. There. That, that'll solve everything. Perfect. All right. I have fixed that problem. Next. No. So um, I listened to a news report the other day. I, was, I turned on the radio. I heard this report about the protest. They interviewed a woman. She was um, a self-identified pregnant woman who was working at Wendy's and she was making eight forty an hour, which is not a good wage. And I do have sympathy for people that make such a wage, believe it or not. Um, I sympathize. I understand it's it's a terrible wage. And in the current state of the economy, the, the way the economy has been going for, well, roughly the last five years or so, um, I know that there are people with college degrees that are stuck working in uh, low-end retail sales or you know, working at Walmart or grocery stores or McDonald's or Wendy's or any of these places. And it's not to disparage the job or it's not to disparage the person. It's not to make any kind of judgment on their lifestyle or choices. I'm not here to do any of that. I'm just saying I understand. I sympathize completely. It's a horrible, crappy wage. But the problem is it's McDonald's. It's Walmart. These are unskilled positions what they call unskilled labor positions. What that means is they can fire you and find somebody to replace you in the next three minutes, 10 seconds. It doesn't take any time because there's really, aside from getting a food handler's card, for example, if you work at a fast food restaurant, or from some very brief on-the-job training at like a Walmart or a grocery store, it's not like there's a prerequisite to work there. You you basically need to have a pulse. You need to have um, working. Well, I suppose, you know, you need to have like working uh, arms and legs, probably. Um, you need to probably be able to do the very basic math, like five plus three. You know, um, you don't need a high school diploma. You don't need a college degree. And because of that, there's a lot of these types of jobs in the marketplace. It's the, the old rule of supply and demand. It's not like if they fire you, they have to go out and, and do a rigorous search to find another person. That's why the, the market has determined that the price for these jobs, these positions, is low. 
On the other hand, I had a friend who worked for the gas company. He was a service technician. And what that meant was whenever you had a gas leak, he would be the guy that would come to your house and fix it. Whenever there was a problem with a gas meter, he would repair the gas meter. He would you know, take it apart. He would try and test it and put on a new gas meter. That job, on the other hand, paid $30 an hour because it's a skilled labor position. There's a lot of math involved. There's a lot of training involved. There's safety protocols and procedures. There's a lot you have to know about natural gas, all that kind of stuff. That costs money to learn about. That costs, you know, it costs the company money to invest in that kind of thing. And it's not like just anybody with opposable thumbs can do that job. Therefore, it costs more. Obviously, I'm over explaining this, but for some reason, there are a large sect of people in this society that don't seem to understand this. I know if you're listening to this, probably you get it. But there's there could be a person or two out there within the sound of my voice right now that's sitting there going, but $7.25 an hour is not a livable wage. You've got to increase the, the wages. You're going to bring it up to $15 in a... We all know that part of the reason behind this is because, and I heard another one of the protesters say this as well, and this is another one of those talking points. We have to increase the minimum wage because these greedy corporations, these bastards, McDonald's and Wendy's, these are multi-billion dollar transnational corporations and they're ripping off the little guy. What's what's a, a little bit of a wage increase for these billion dollar transnational corporations? Well, okay. Fine. Let's just say for a second, I completely 100% agree with that point. What about the small and medium-sized businesses? What about the guy that's running a little clothing store or a little hamburger shop or something like that uh, down the street? And so let's say that person employs five people and suddenly the minimum wage is increased to $15 an hour. More than double what it is now. Guys sitting there going, well, how the hell am I going to pay people twice as much money as I'm paying them now? Well, let's see. I have two options. Well, I have three options, really. One, I can just flat out close the business because there's just no way I'd be able to afford it. Two, I really like this business. I'm going to try and keep it going, but I can't afford all the employees I have I'm going to have to cut, since I'm paying double, I'm going to have to cut at least two of these people and maybe limit the hours of a third. So a couple people might get fired. Or the guy goes, well, I want to keep everybody, but I don't know. I, I know. I'll raise the price of things. I figure, you know, uh, if the minimum wage is going up anyway, more people are going to have money, so there's going to be more money to spend and uh, it's going to cost me more to pay these employees, so I'll just raise the prices. Everything should work out. Of course, it does never work out that way, you know, because people will see, oh, God, the price just got jacked up. I don't think I'll go there. And, of course, when you start increasing the minimum wage, you have the issue of inflation because there's more dollars in the marketplace. If the low end of the spectrum in, in the income bracket is now $30,000, which is what a full-time person making minimum wage would make is about $30,000 a year at 15 bucks an hour. 
Well, it means there's more dollars flowing in the marketplace. And what happens when you have more dollars in a marketplace? The value of the dollar goes down. If suddenly everybody woke up tomorrow with a million bucks, a million bucks would have no meaning anymore. You know, that's just how it is. So, I don't know. People just don't think this stuff through. Um, the minimum wage, if you want to increase it, fine. You know what I saw in Sweden? They're not doing a minimum wage per se. They're doing a minimum income. Everybody in the country, this, now here's socialism at its finest. Everybody in the country is going to be getting a minimum income. Whether you work or not, everybody gets a minimum income. Well, that's great. Um, where does that money come from? Who's going to shovel out the cash for that? Oh, I'm pretty sure the top end tax bracket there in Sweden is probably uh, probably loving that idea. And of course, if I'm just the bottom end there, I'm going, you, wait a minute. You mean I get a minimum income and I don't even have to work? I don't have to do anything and I'm just going to get something? Yeah, it's probably not a great amount of money, but I... I do nothing and I get something. Why should I do something when I can just do nothing? <laughs> Doesn't that, it, uh, the whole thing just seems so strange. What a, what a weird situation that is. So um, that is the latest with uh, the fast food stuff and the protests and all that kind of nonsense that's been going on. And uh, if you've been following that, the minimum wage, we'll, we'll, keep track of that story. This has been talked about off and on for the last couple of years. I know we've done other shows about this. We've talked about this at other times on the program. It is going to happen eventually. It's been a while since the minimum wage was increased. It will happen again. Well, relatively soon. I say within the next year, year and a half, especially considering that um, you know, big old midterm elections coming up. I'm sure some people are going to bring this to the House floor. The Senate floor, try to look good for the constituents. Speaking of elections and all this sort of stuff, some optimism. I'm going to bring some optimism to the show now. I know, look out, big switch of direction, but I actually feel that there is hope for humanity, hope for this culture, hope for the country. Um, I have some signs of that, some evidence of hope. I know, some, some actual bona fide optimism from me. Uh, number one, did you see the Barack Obama approval numbers are out? The president and his approval rating in the turlet right about now. It's not looking good. Uh, the health care disaster, um, healthcare.gov, all the, the situations, the fact that the president lied about all this stuff. Um, you know, this has been a popular topic over the holidays, uh, the Thanksgiving holiday in the last few days. Um, I have talked about this with more people. And um, I, I just finally, I've said it like probably a hundred times now. I don't know how anybody can objectively look at the president, at President Barack Obama, and say that he's been anything less than just an unmitigated disaster. And this is what I predicted would happen in 2008, and I was much maligned for it. But, I mean, here we are. And, again, I'm just bringing it to the table. This president, just every single move that is made by the administration 
everything that's been done so far has just backfired. Whether it's even the president's fault or not, it's just all blown up. Everything with the State Department, the, the, the NSA, the spy, the domestic spying, the uh, investigating reporters, Benghazi, all this stuff, and now the healthcare situation. And finally, the American people apparently have just said, all right, all right. We bought into the hope and change thing. We were even dumb enough to elect you twice. But look, this is like, um, this is ridiculous. I mean, we've got, we've reached our breaking point and the, the approval numbers or more accurately, the disapproval numbers are just going crazy right about now. Um, the latest poll here, 52% disapprove of the president's performance to this point. And one of the big reasons cited for the disapproval of the president is healthcare.gov and the whole fiasco surrounding the Affordable Care Act, the Obamacare Act, and the fact that um, some people are saying, look, my insurance premiums are going up. The president said, if you like your doctor, you can keep it. If you like your insurance plan, you can keep it. Well, the fact of the matter is, for some people, yeah, you can keep it. It's just going to cost you more money. For other people, no, you can't keep it. You're going to have to go and get um, get signed up with the Obamacare thing. And they would love to do that, but for the fact that the website doesn't work. Oops. And it still doesn't work. We're in December now. That thing was supposed to be up and going October 1st. How hard is it to get a website going if you're the United States government? What I find hilarious is we paid a Canadian company the money that we borrowed from the Chinese to set up our American healthcare system. That's just phenomenal. $93 million we spent on that website. It doesn't work. I could call 10 people and set up a website for like a thousandth of that price. And it would probably be much more functional than healthcare.gov. I know people are going to, well, you know, there's a lot more to it than just setting up uh, some 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 animated GIFs and, and some HTML code and, and a little JavaScript. It's a lot harder than that. There's more to it than that, Mike. You, you're you diminishing. You're, you're totally speaking in hyperbole right now. <laughs> Look, I get it. It's a little bit more than just, hey, here's some script. Let's just set up a site overnight. But... You had three and a half years to set this up. Three and a half years. And you're ready. I mean, how hard is it to do this? Three and a half years. And you, the very, the one, the most important part, the part that is presented, that's like you open a restaurant. Okay, you're, you're going to get set to have a grand opening for your restaurant. And oh, we forgot to buy the food. Well, whoops. Welcome to this great, grandiose restaurant. Here's your plate. Here's your silverware. Uh, here's some water. Oh, um, you want to order something off the menu? Damn it. Well, I'm sorry. We don't have any food to serve you. Great job. So the disapproval numbers for the president. Sign number one that this country is going in the right direction as far as I'm concerned. Because people are finally getting it. They're like, what is going on? And by the way, this isn't just a rant about the president. This is this is a commentary on the government. And that leads me to point number two, the youth of America, the people that most voted for Barack Obama. Uh, well, they're turning on the president in uh, droves. 
So a uh, new poll out says that people under the age of 25, that's where the greatest disapproval of the president happens to be. And these people, not only are they disapproving of the president, but they're actually moving away from both political parties, both major political parties. They are more likely to be independent or libertarian, and uh, they find distrust not only in the president, but in other Democrats and Republicans alike. Yeah. So the youth of uh, the U.S., uh, the under the 25 and under, the, the people that normally we would call the 20-something know-nothings, well, maybe they're starting to know something because even they're sitting here going, wait, so you set up a health care system. We're young and healthy, but we stand to pay the most. We have to buy into a system that we may or may not need. We're going to have to pay a lot of money into this system uh, to pay for all the old farts who should have been, you know, who should have uh, had money put aside in Social Security and they were going to have Medicaid and they had a whole different promise made to them by a different generation. And now you're telling us that we have to pay for them. And you're telling us that we have to pay for ourselves. And you're telling us that our insurance is going to go up. And you're, you're telling us all this other crap. If you liked your doctor, you, you wait, I voted for you. You know, that's the youth of the country. The millennial generation, as they call it, the 18 to 29-year-olds, specifically 25 and under, these are the people that are most dissatisfied with the president right now. That's your base, Mr. President. That's your, what we call in this business, your P1s, your most dedicated people that are turning on you and saying, what the hell is wrong with you? So that's sign number two, that there may, in fact, be some hope for this culture, this country. And sign number three, most notable. This has nothing to do with politics whatsoever. Um, but I saw that Kanye West was doing a performance in Kansas City last week. He played to a crowd uh, about a 25% full arena. Yes, uh, the the venue that he was supposed to play out in Kansas City holds 18,000 people and about 4,500 people showed up. They sold about 6,000 tickets, but only about 4,500, 4,000 to 4,500 people actually showed up to see Kanye West. That says that his 15 minutes are finally over and we can finally be rid of him from uh, the main stage. Um, now, if only we... I know if only we could get rid of like Miley Cyrus and Lady Gaga and Taylor Swift, uh, I that would be great also. But you know what? I'll take Kanye West. I mean, of all the loud, obnoxious, egomaniacal performers that are out there today, this is one guy uh, that needs to uh, join, you know, the likes of Psy and um, Snow and others, uh, Kajagoogoo. At least Kajagoogoo actually played their own instruments. I think they had more talent than Kanye West, to be honest with you. Kajagoogoo and, and Dexie's Midnight Runners um, were far better acts than Kanye West. You may say they were a little gimmicky, but at least they weren't some ego-inflated bunch of pumped-up crap that, by the way, steals riffs and, uh, well, <clears throat> samples from other artists. 
can't even come up with his own creative stuff. And he just talks over it. Because, you know, that's real good. So, yeah, uh, 25% crowd. And uh, tomorrow, tomorrow night here in Phoenix, uh, Kanye West making a big performance. And I'm told, uh, a little bird told me that they're having a hard time giving away the tickets. <laughs> they're having a hard time giving away the tickets on one of the local radio stations here. One of the stations has been trying, they, they've been giving away these tickets and uh, people are like, oh, they're Kanye West tickets. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I have other stuff to do that night. I, and, you know, radio audiences will take anything. You could say, I, I've got some, um, got some uh, pocket uh, lint, some, some lint I just took out of my pocket, uh, the seventh collar right now. On uh, the request lines, call it right now. The contest line, you're going to win uh, some of the lint that I just took out of my packet. And people would call, and they'd want to win. But no, uh, people don't want the uh, Kanye West tickets either. Good. He finally, somehow, I don't know what happened recently, but he's managed to piss off most of his fans. Good. Glad that's over. All right. Well, we've set the table for the program just a little bit. That's just a, a, a small little portion of things I wanted to talk about here on the show today. Um, groffshow at gmail.com. That's the email address. Groffshow at gmail.com. Michael Groff Show on AOL Instant Messenger. Groff Show on Google Talk. MichaelGroff.com for everything else Michael Groff related. This is the one and only Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. For reasons unknown, you're still listening to the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. MichaelGroff.com Here to, to choose from, but 
So just before the grand opening, they had people that were camped out in the parking lot. They had people that had set up tents. There were people throwing the football around in the parking lot. And um, it, it was like a, a whole thing. People were actually camped out for days in advance so that they could be the first in the restaurant when it had its grand opening. You might say, well, that's silly. Well, the reason is because they were giving away a year of free meals to Chick-fil-A, which I know for sure I would want to camp out in the freezing cold. And it was it was chilly here uh, last week and into the weekend. I would want to camp out in the cold just to get a year a year's worth of meals to Chick-fil-A. And by the way, it's not like you get, you know, uh, uh, it's not a $10,000 prize or anything. It's uh, it's probably like one meal a week, one chicken sandwich and uh waffle fries uh, a week for a year. So, it's nothing to get too excited about. It's certainly not worth camping out for. The time you spent camping out for the free stuff, you realize you could have gone out and earned the money, even working at the minimum wage fast food job. You could have gone out and earned enough money to just buy yourself a year's supply of Chick-fil-A. But, you know, common sense, whatever. I've never understood the whole camping out to be the first to do something thing, uh, to be the first to buy an operating system, to be the first to buy a new video game to be the first to buy anything. I, I've never gotten the whole, I've got to be first. I've got to be out there. I've got to be the guy that's in line. Oh, they're giving away something. They're giving away like a $100 prize. And all I have to do is wait out here for five days in the cold, uh, set up a tent and smell like crap, not shower, not go to my job, not take care of my family. Um, you know, I've got this rash. Uh, I should probably go to the doctor. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to camp out here so I can get some Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is all right. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's nothing wrong with it per se. It's just not worth camping out five days so you can get a couple of free meals to Chick-fil-A. It was just like the people that waited for weeks when they opened the Ikea store here. Years ago, when they first opened Ikea, for those of you that don't know, Ikea is a is a gigantic furniture store. Um, they sell, you know, crappy furniture for the most part. And um, they have food in there, though. They actually have a restaurant or a little, like, cafeteria inside the Ikea, which is actually, the, the that's the draw to the place. The crappy furniture they sell, you know, the stuff made out of particle board and all that, uh, not so much, but the the food, the Swedish meatballs and uh, the hot dogs and, and the fries and all that stuff they have in there, oh, that's fantastic. That's the best part of that store. Everything else about it is just whatever. I mean, go anywhere and get that stuff. Anyway, people camped out there so that they could get a, a bedroom set, like the first 10 people or something that were in the store got a free bedroom set or something like that. Which, you know, I guess was a $500 value or something. But people camped out for weeks for that. Weeks. Not me. I'd never. I would never do that. Maybe. Maybe if you're going to offer something like a million dollars, then I would probably camp out. But if you're, just, you're giving away a bedroom set, uh, no thanks. I'll spend those weeks going out and working for it. Thanks. 
All right. Um, by the way, welcome back. It's the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. Show at gmail.com. That's uh, the uh, email address. Groff Show, Google Talk, Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. And uh, michaelgroff.com for everything else Michael Groff related. Uh, sure do appreciate you checking us out and listening and all that sort of stuff. Always appreciate your feedback on the show. So, you know, speaking of things that I don't really understand or I don't get into very much, a lot of the social networking sites and even the major news outlets were carrying this story a few weeks ago. And this is just another one of those big stories that goes viral. It starts on social media. It gets some legs. It, it spreads all around the net. Everybody's covering it. And you really have to be careful with stories like this because the old rule applies. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. So this was a big topic of conversation over the holidays. Um, it's been going on almost a month now. So there was a story about a woman named Dana Morales. She was a woman that worked at the Gallup Asian Bistro in New Jersey. She's a restaurant worker and she claimed that some people stiffed her out of a tip because they found out somehow that she was gay. Now, when I first heard about this story, I was like, well, how do they even know she was gay? Anyway, I guess they wrote a note or something saying that, you know, I'm sorry, but we just don't support your lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. That sounded pretty hard to believe. But, you know, there are people that are assholes out there. And, uh, you know, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility to conceive that someone would be that much of a douchebag to stiff someone out of a tip because they thought they were gay or they found out they were gay or something. Well, as it turns out, the entire story... Oh, by the way, the follow-up story to that is... So then the woman, I guess, posts about it on Facebook. She gets just tons and tons of people that go, Oh my God, I can't believe you got stiffed out of a check because you're, you're gay. So I'm going to send you money. That's what wound up happening. Well, guess what, folks? I hope you're sitting down for this. But as it turns out, the story is a bunch of crap. There is, in fact, a woman named Dana Morales. She did, in fact, work at the Gallup Asian Bistro in New Jersey. Um, <clears throat> everything else that happened is likely garbage. Nobody can verify that she was stiffed on a tip, out of a tip, and nobody can verify a note uh, that was written. No one you know, actually can verify that this happened. That doesn't mean it didn't necessarily. Um, but a little bit of background on this woman. She's an ex-Marine. Um, she was reportedly dishonorably discharged after not showing up for drills. She, she told NJ.com on November 18th that she wouldn't be keeping any of the money that people had sent her. Um, all this outpouring of support that people had for her on Facebook and all this sort of stuff. Uh, she's not going to keep any of the money. She's going to donate it to the Wounded Warrior Project. Now, the Wounded Warrior Project is uh, it's a nonprofit organization that was set up um, to you know provide support for veterans returning from overseas duty. Well, she said, now this is on November 18th, she claimed that she was going to donate that money to the Wounded Warrior Project, all of it. Well, they say they haven't received any of it. A Wounded Warrior representative uh, 
checking for donations by her name and zip codes uh, for both the restaurant where she worked and her home address, were unable to locate any matching donations. Nice. After a family disputed Morales' claim, uh, she's been suspended by the restaurant, which is investigating the incident. Friends and former co-workers in New York said that Morales has a history of lying, claiming that Hurricane Sandy severely damaged her home and sent a boat into her living room. But according to the Journal News, the home only suffered minor damage. So there's just one example of this woman lying. Um, Morales also claimed to have been deployed in Afghanistan, where her entire platoon was killed except for her, according to the article. But a spokesman for the Marines said, uh, told the Journal News that Morales was deployed in Romania and there is no record of her ever being in Afghanistan. So there you have it, a known liar who, um, well, it turns out she probably just made up this bunch of crap as well. And so if you actually sent money to this woman, feeling sorry for her because, um, you know, she I'm gay and they stiffed me out of money. Well, if you sent money to her, um, I'm sure she's probably spending it on, I don't know, concocting another BS story someplace. Some people like, I mean, that's just some kind of weird sickness. That's not just like lying. You know, that's not like little white lies or something. That's like pathological lying. That's that's a woman that um, obviously should never have been in the Marines and obviously has some type of disorder, some type of mental problem. But since she's living in New Jersey, she should probably run for office, I'm guessing. I mean, she's obviously, she's a great liar. She's able to con people out of money. She would be great in politics, especially in the Northeast. That would be the perfect place for her. She could run alongside, you know, Michael Weiner and uh, those other guys up there. She'd be great. <laughs> she could be, I don't know, she could be like Secretary of State in New York or New Jersey. All right. Uh, a couple other things that went on here. Um, oh, you see uh, the Seattle Mariners shifting uh, to Major League Baseball. The Seattle Mariners signed Robinson Cano, the all-star second baseman from the Yankees. They got him away from New York. They signed him to a 10-year, $240 million contract. 10-year deal. Now, I'm not going to get into it because I know a lot of people are always go... Athletes don't deserve that kind of money. Nobody deserves that kind of money. That's terrible. I'm not about that at all. I don't care. Get your money. Make as much as you can make. That's fine. What the hell are the Seattle Mariners thinking? I understand. Uh, Robinson Cano is one of the 10 best players in Major League Baseball right now. I get it. He's a young guy. 10-year contract. Sounds great on paper. But let's ask some of the other teams who have gone and signed players to these extended contracts, these six, eight, and 10-year contracts. Let's ask them what they think of them. Well, uh, the Yankees had Alex Rodriguez on a 10-year contract. How's that working out? The Angels signed Albert Pujols to a 10-year deal. Now, he's only 
just going into what year three of that deal and already the angels were like oh my god i mean we got this guy he was the best player in the national league he's come here and just been mediocre the twins signed joe mauer to a 10-year deal and well that's been okay i suppose you know it wasn't for nearly as much money it's still a very long-term deal for a catcher you know in the case of Robinson Cano, it's another, it's a position player, you know, it's a second baseman. You're signing him to this extended contract, and you don't know what's going to happen to this guy in three years. And he's playing in Seattle. You know that um, it, the numbers are going to go down. It's not a hitter-friendly ballpark. He's not going to produce the kind of offense that he did in New York, in all likelihood. He'll still put up good numbers, and he's still an all-star caliber player, don't get me wrong, but that team is that team has some good pitching, but the lineup is garbage. But as I understand it, look, he didn't he wasn't getting along with Joe Girardi, the manager in New York. Um, there were some problems there. Uh, you know, they didn't want to go the 10-year route. They were skeptical about it. Well, of course they are because they, they're still eating the 10-year contract from Alex Rodriguez, a guy who may not be playing baseball for two years because he's facing that 200-game suspension. So, I don't know. I think owners in Major League Baseball have some sort of mental issue. I do. I'm starting to think that there's there's some kind of problem I think the mental issue is just greed. They actually think that if I sign a guy to a 10-year deal, if I sign him to a huge deal, he'll produce huge numbers. If I give him all-star caliber treatment in a contract, they'll be an all-star forever. I mean, I'm just looking at some of the contracts that were doled out over the last couple of years in baseball. And I know sometimes you can say, well, Mike, you know, in hindsight, you can all, anybody can look back and say something was a bad move. That's true. Sometimes you sign a guy and it just doesn't work out. And again, I expect Robinson Cano will do just fine. That's not the problem. The problem is it's a 10-year deal. You should never sign a player in any sport, even baseball, to a 10-year deal. It's just a stupid idea. I mean, the Atlanta Braves signed B.J. Upton to B.J., not Justin, B.J. Upton, to the most lucrative contract in Atlanta Braves history. A guy who didn't even hit 200, they signed to a $75 million contract last year. And when the year before when they signed him, he was only hitting 240. He was a mediocre player barely even a mediocre player, and they signed with the most lucrative contract in team history. That's where Major League Baseball is right now. Unlike the NBA, which is top-heavy, you know, in the NBA, there's really like two teams that have a chance to win basically any year. And quite frankly, barring some kind of injury, I can't foresee another team even beating the Miami Heat. You know, LeBron... D. Wade, Chris Bosch, and company. It's just another ring. You know? So uh, maybe the, the Trailblazers. Maybe. But, you know, the NBA is very top-heavy. Major League Baseball, the talent is very dis is distributed across a lot of teams. So what happens is, um, 
you, you get a guy that's even, you think might be even half-ass because the line in baseball between a, a, a good team and an okay team, between a team making the World Series and a team finishing in third place, the line is very fine. The, the San Francisco Giants won the World Series in 2012, and this year, you know, they were near the basement in the National League West. And it's not like they had massive personnel changes. It's just injuries. It's just a guy has a good year, and then a guy has a not-so-good year. Parity is all over the place in Major League Baseball. Every team that makes the playoffs in baseball has a chance to to win the World Series. You can't say that in the NBA. You can't even really say that in the in the NFL, although that league is just all over the place. But you definitely, you, you can't say that in the NBA. But in Major League Baseball, every team that makes the postseason has a very legitimate chance because the talent distribution is much wider. You know, the Red Sox won the World Series, but by no means were they the best team wire to wire? You know, they were good throughout the season. They were they were reasonably consistent, but they had their ups and downs. They weren't in first place the whole year, but they played well when it counted. So, I mean, that's how guys like B.J. Upton, who have never really produced much of anything except for, you know, one, like in 2008, he was a good player. But that's how guys like that can get $75 million deals. So then when you have a guy like Robinson Cano, who legitimately is one of the 10 best players in the league, you're like, let's throw the book at him. Let's just give him the franchise. We'll rename it the the Seattle Canoes. Might as well. So baseball has a problem. And and this is why, you know, fans are like, well, we, we man, if only we could get uh, uh, some help, some pitching help. If only we could get another bat in the lineup. I'm sorry, we can't. We spent all the money that we had budgeted for the next 10 years on one guy. Sorry. And interestingly enough, Seattle's still like a fourth place team, even though they signed Robinson Cano. They're better than the Astros and they're kind of like right on par with the Angels. That's it. The Rangers and the A's are definitely still better. And maybe the Angels are still better than they are too. Nice investment, Seattle. You're a fourth place team. Good going. All right. I'm still, um, I'm just sitting here waiting for the Diamondbacks to acquire David Price from the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. I don't think that's actually going to happen, but it could. That's, um, that's been another rumored possibility. I love, I love the hot stove leave. I, I love the, the offseason in baseball because it's always interesting. I mean, even when these guys make stupid decisions, even when these owners just make incredibly bizarre decisions, it's still interesting. Well, when we continue, I got a lot of other stuff still to get into. A lot of things still going on. I might have a worst song of the week to give you. And um, maybe I haven't looked at the pop chart in forever. So maybe we'll do that. I don't know. This is one of those shows, we'll just wing it. We'll just see what happens. We'll go to the next segment. We'll just kind of see where it goes. Why not? Who needs plans? All right. Um, Groff show at gmail.com, the email address. Um, 
Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger, Groff Show, and Google Talk. MichaelGroff.com for everything else Michael Groff related. We'll be back. What the devil is that ghastly noise? The Michael Groff Show. And when I look back at all the crazy fights we had, it's like some kind of madness was taking control. December 9th, 2013. And it's Monday, so that must mean George Zimmerman is back in the news. In November, his girlfriend had called police alleging assault, battery. There was an exciting 911 call that went along with it. You would think that if you were George Zimmerman and you just, you were acquitted of murder or manslaughter, you would probably be on your best behavior for quite a while. Now, this guy started acting like a jerk. Some would say he already was. Some would say he just decided to go off the deep end now. I don't want to get into the whole George Zimmerman thing except to say that now that he's facing felony assault charges, his girlfriend has come forward and said, uh, you know, I, I'm, I wish to drop the charges. Like, really? Here's the story right here from ABC News. George Zimmerman's girlfriend no longer wishes to press charges against him. This was reported on Monday based on a court filing. Uh, Zimmerman was charged in November with aggravated assault, a felony, as well as uh, battery and criminal mischief. Both misdemeanors, Samantha Scheib, that's the girlfriend, she called police and said that Zimmerman pointed a long-barreled shotgun at her inside their residence. Now, Scheib is reversing her story in the court filing as she wrote that Zimmerman, quote, never pointed a gun at or toward my face in a threatening manner, even though that's what she said on the 911 call. She added that she wants to get back together with him, according to ABC. She placed some blame on police for her previous version of the domestic dispute, quote, when I was being questioned by police, I felt very intimidated, she wrote. I believe that the police misinterpreted me. Wow, really? 
I believe that the police misinterpreted me and that I may have misspoken about certain facts in my statement to police. You know, sometimes I can understand that. You're telling police a story. You say, look, I got home about 530 and it could have been 545. Or you say, well, you know, I, I turned right on on 24th Street and maybe you turned right on 28th Street. You know, sometimes in in the heat of talking about something, maybe a couple of things, you know, well, my wallet had 200 bucks in it and maybe, maybe it really had 250. You know, you're not quite clear on all the details. Usually, though, when you're telling police something, you don't go, oh, yeah, the guy pointed a shotgun in my face only to turn around and say, oh, yeah, uh, that, that, yeah, that never happened. I, I misspoke. I misspoke about the shotgun. That's like Hillary Clinton when she misspoke about being bombarded by sniper fire when she, <laughs> when she went over to Eastern Europe. Remember that whole thing? CBS News found out that that was a complete lie that she told. It, the same thing here. Um, oh, yeah, about that shotgun that he pointed in my face. Yeah, I never said that. I misspoke. When I said that he pointed a shotgun in my face, I mean that he never pointed a shotgun in my face. As far as I'm concerned, these two deserve each other. Zimmerman was not charged in September, of course, after a separate incident involving a gun and his ex-wife. This guy, I'm telling you, again, I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but this guy is skating around like OJ now. Well, not like OJ now, but like OJ in like 1995 this guy i don't know i how many lives does this guy have all right and from that let's go to something a little bit more pleasant the abuse of animals um well sort of so <clears throat> joan jett you might know joan jett the the chick that did i love rock and roll you know her big hit back in what 83 joan jett is just another person on the list of celebrities that says SeaWorld Orlando cannot use my music anymore. I know many of you were concerned about this issue, so I thought I would bring it to the forefront. We need to have a new segment on the show called, like, Who Gives a Crap? Because I can't imagine anybody does. But if you do, you should know that SeaWorld Orlando is having a lot of controversy because of their uh, treatment or mistreatment of um, the whales. Their... Um, their treatment practices continue to get PETA outraged. And uh, the latest is uh, Joan Jett, who sent a letter to SeaWorld President Jim Atchison asking them to stop playing her hit, I Love Rock and Roll. Uh, it should no longer be associated with the theme park's Shamu Rocks Killer Whale Show. The recent Blackfish documentary, which is critical of the park's treatment of the orca whales, played a role in her request, quote, I'm among the millions who saw Blacklist am in, am, and am sickened that my music was blasted without my permission at sound-sensitive marine mammals, the letter says. Jet calls for the park to release the animals into coastal sanctuaries. Quote, this move would show that your company is truly family-friendly, the letter says. SeaWorld spokesman Nick uh, Gal Galichek uh, confirmed uh, that the letter was received. Quote, Ms. Jet's music is not currently part of any show, although it was played as walk-in music for the Shamu Rocks nighttime show at SeaWorld Orlando 
and was fully licensed for us to use, he said. Quote, a new nighttime Shamu show is being designed for SeaWorld Orlando, and we had no plans to use any of her music in that show, he said. Uh, Jet's letter comes on the heels of three musical acts pulling out of SeaWorld Orlando's uh, Bands, Brew, and Barbecue Festival, which begins February 1st. The Bare Naked Ladies, Willie Nelson, and Hart um, have all said that uh, they're not going to be a part of that. Um, apparently, they're citing similar grievances with how the park handles uh, the treatment of animals. Hey, I'll show up. You know, I mean, I know you can't get Hart and you can't get Bare Naked Ladies and you can't get Willie Nelson. And now apparently Joan Jett's not available. But I just want I want you to know that I'll whore myself out. I don't care. You can treat the animals as badly as you want. As long as your check clears, I'll take it. Why not? I'm an opportunist. I figure with the minimum wage going up to 15 bucks an hour, um, I better start uh, stockpiling some money because it's going to be completely worthless here pretty soon. <laughs> so, um, you know, and if you're wondering, uh, no, I'm not okay with the fact that um, SeaWorld mistreats animals. I'm not cool with that. I, I have, um, well, you'll remember that that was the same place, of course, where um, that trainer died a few years back. That whole situation, that was that was just ghastly. Terrible situation. All right. Uh, speaking of terrible situations, we always find the best way to transition into this, don't we? Uh, it's been a long time since we've done this. And God knows why I'm doing it. I mean, obviously, I have no common sense, but it's time to take a look at what's going on in the world of... The top 40 charts. All right. These are the top 10 songs, the most played songs on uh, radio stations across this great country of ours. And uh, I haven't, I haven't heard all of these, but so I'm just going to go ahead I'm going to go ahead and make my usual prediction. At least nine of these ten songs will suck. At least nine. All right, so yes, the top ten songs in the world of Top 40 this week are as follows. Number ten, uh, Drake featuring Magic Jordan. Look, I don't know, okay? I, I, don't, I don't know. Anyway, this is called... Hold on, we're going home. Just hold on, we're going home. Just hold on, we're going home. It's hard to do these things alone. Just hold on, we're going home. I got my eyes on you. You're everything that I see. I Uh, number nine this week is something called Zed Stay the Night. Alright, so 
like Avril Lavigne. Are you gonna stay the night? Are you gonna stay the night? Oh, 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 oh. Are you gonna stay the night? Are you gonna stay the night? There it is. It's it's absolutely it's not completely horrible, so you know that's not that's not absolutely reprehensible. Although this part is, in some states, you can get married to this music. Anyway, at number eight, it's Katy Perry, unconditionally. Every song she puts out, for some reason, it just rockets to the top of the chart. She's just, uh, and she's like the, uh, she's this decade's Kelly Clarkson, I guess. She just, she just can't do anything wrong. And then, uh, obviously, here's somebody that's just, just destroying radio charts all across the country as well. Um, 17-year-old chick from New Zealand. This is Lord. Royals. I've heard this at least a thousand times now. And the thing is, I don't even really listen to the radio that much. I know I'm in this business and I don't listen to the royal to the radio so I can hear royals. We count our dollars on the train to the party and everyone who knows us knows. Number 6 the we fine with this is Pitbull featuring Kesha of course because you all knew that it was just only a matter of time before Kesha returned. This is called Timber. Holy crap. I wish George Zimmerman was pointing a shotgun at me right now. I'd tell him to fire. I'd say, stand your ground. This music sucks. That's my standard uh, sing-along. Number five, as if it can't get any worse, believe it or not, it can. It's Miley Cyrus. This is Wrecking Ball. We clawed, we chained our hearts in vain. We jumped, never asking why. We kissed, I fell under your spell. 
Probably not playing this on Radio Disney like they used to uh, her other music, right? Now that she's a full blown slut, right? Now that she oh, acts like a full blown slut. Alright, number four Avicii. This is Wake Me Up. This might, I mean, the, the the pop chart has some landmines on it, as it usually does, and they're bad. I mean, they're the kind that, like, shrapnel goes right into your testicles. However, we've heard worse. I mean, you just have to accept that, generally speaking, musical instruments are gone from music now. It's nothing but drum machines and synths. And not like 80s synths, but just like, you know, it's all computerized and you're not going to get much, you know, you'll have like one or two bands and then the rest of it's just all, you know, auto-tune and all that. You just have to accept that. So you have to take the best possible outcome from it. You have to just sort of look at it on the bright side. Like, so given that, this isn't really that bad. Not afraid to close my I mean, I'm not really into it, but now here's an actual band at number three. It's One Republic with Counting Stars. I've been losing dreaming about the things we could be. But baby, I've been, I've been praying hard. Said no more counting dollars, we'll be counting stars. I like One Republic. I like Ryan Tedder. It's good stuff. I also like it because I'm not hearing auto tune. I'm not hearing yeah. Alright, number two on the chart this week the Of the uh, ten most played radio uh, Most played songs on the radio Across the country This is number two It's Imagine Dragons This is Demons this is my kingdom come This is my kingdom come 
I know back-to-back -back songs that are actually songs on the pop chart. Look out. song on the pop chart for this week. Getting over 12,000 spins on radio stations across the country. 12,000 spins in a week on radio stations. That would be number one song. It is Eminem featuring Rihanna. I'm friends with the monster. The monster. Under my bed. Get along with the voices inside of my head. You're trying to save me. Stop holding your breath. And you think I'm crazy. Yeah, you think I'm crazy. I wanted the fame, but not the cover of Newsweek. Oh, well, guess beggars can't be choosy. Wanted to receive attention from my uh. music. Wanted to be left alone in public, excuse me. But wanting my cake and eat it too. I thought his 15 minutes were up along with Kanye, but apparently not. But it was confusing, because all I wanted to do is be the Bruce Lee of loose leaf abused ink. Use it as a tool when I blew steam. Hit the lottery, ooh, wee. But with what I gave up to get, it was bittersweet. It was like winning a used me. Ironic, because I think I'm getting so huge, I need a shrink. I'm beginning to lose sleep. One sheep, two sheep, going cuckoo and kooky is cool key. But I'm actually weirder than you think. Cause I'm, I'm friends with the monster. Alright. So that's a look at the pop chart for the week. It didn't go so bad. Well, it was kind of bad and then got worse and then a little better. And then, of course, we finished on a low note. So... What do you expect? No, I ain't much of a poet, but I know somebody once told me to seize the moment and don't squander it. Cause you never know when it all could be over tomorrow, so I keep Is it me or is every Eminem song pretty much the same? I guess I just don't get it. I never will. I, if I didn't get it in 1999, I'm not going to get it now. All right. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for checking us out. We always end on those on those sour notes. I guess my strategy in all this is, you know, they always say always leave them wanting more. I make it so that this way, if I don't do a podcast for a while, you won't really miss it that much. You'll be like, oh yeah, he ended with the pop chart last time. Not really so bad. Not really missing the show that much. That's kind of the strategy. I figure if we put that that garbage in the podcast, you'll go, you know, Mike can go ahead and just not do a show for a while. I am a master tactician. What can I tell you? All right. Groffshow at gmail.com, uh, the email address. Uh, Groffshow on Google Talk, Michael Groffshow, AOL Instant Messenger. You can always go to michaelgroff.com for anything else Michael Groff related. While you are there, 
Not only can you check out the most current podcast, but you can go back in time and listen to some of the older shows. Uh, we're, we try to put up some new features from time to time, some uh, different kinds of episodes, some flashback stuff from way back in the early years, which is like 13 years ago. I've been doing this for 13 years, more than 13 years. It's unbelievable. Um, you can also donate to this program. Always encourage that. Mike at KMGX.com. For example, um, need a new office chair in here. You know, been, um, been upgrading some of the equipment. I actually broke. I managed to break my mic boom a couple weeks ago. Don't even ask how I did that. I don't know. I've been breaking all sorts of things lately, and I'm not even intending to. It's just... I almost broke my foot a couple weeks ago, about well, about five weeks ago. My hand was numb for a while. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, thank you so much for checking us out. Really do appreciate it. It's the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. Good night, everybody.